This is the Internet Ballers Podcast, Episode 80. This is the Internet Ballers Podcast with your host, Michael Pasha, the show for internet entrepreneurs who want to learn how uncertainty and struggle turn into confidence and success. Welcome to the Ballers Circle. Welcome to the Baller Circle. I'm Michael Pasha, the host of the Internet Ballers Podcast, and today is the October Monthly Roundup episode. In this episode, I'll be going through my takeaways of my interviews with Finola Wall from episode 77, Jason Tucker from episode 78, and Pejman Kadimi from episode 79. So first up is self-improvement coach Finola Wall uh, from episode 77. So um, the thing I liked about the interview I had with Finola is that... Uh, we talked about something I thought was was really important and really interesting, and she was talking a lot about how most people have a, a fair amount of shame associated with, um, that they just accumulate throughout their lives. And that shame comes from a number of different things, uh, instances that happen in childhood that make you embarrassed, and instances that happen throughout your life in which you feel uh the, the view of the world that you have is different than what other people expect from you. And that leads to uh, people unloading this, this, this sense of shame because they feel like the, their true selves is not in line with what's acceptable to other people. And that causes them to do a whole lot of things. And one of the things that Fanula and I talked about that uh, is relevant specifically to business is it causes them to not do um, what's best for their business, not put their, their true self out there forward. They try to be someone uh, fake. They try to be someone that they think everyone's going to like. And what happens there is that comes across as disingenuous. And what people actually want and what people actually resonate to is someone who is just really being themselves and not trying to be who they think everyone else wants them to be. And uh, we talked about people that have like these polarizing personalities, right? So you, you always see individuals that will you know, they go out there and, and they're very uh, outspoken about their opinions. But usually what that does is it, it takes the people who disagree with you and they push and it pushes them away from you. But it also takes the people who agree with you and it pulls them to you even tighter. So they'll be more uh, willing to and interested in hearing what you have to say and buying your products and interested in your business because you resonate with them and the people who don't resonate with you. Um, yeah, you'll push them away and it's unlikely that they'll, that they'll ever become customers. But the, the thing about that is if you always stay in that lukewarm space and you never really pick a side, uh, what will happen is really no one will be attracted to you. You'll have some people that are loosely attracted to you, um, but like you'll never get those raving fans if you don't take a stance on stuff. And that doesn't mean that you have to be super controversial. It doesn't mean that you have to be, you know, someone who's always uh, insulting people or saying, saying, you know, really rude things or anything like that. I mean, that's that is, a, you know, a path that some people take in order to get this, you know, polarization. And some people just that's just their natural personality. But what it does mean is is uh, going out there and just being being your true self, being honest about your opinions, being honest about things you believe, uh, and, uh, and and taking, taking a side and taking a stance on certain things so that you can draw the people to you that really resonate with you. And that's really the goal there, to find those people who are your true tribe and to draw them, draw them, draw them, to, them to, to you through the things you talk about and put out there and the stance that you're taking because they're also taking stances in their lives and they want to find like-minded people uh, who are, who are going to be doing that. Um, and the interesting thing about all of this is that, you know, she was saying that 
a lot of times why the reason why people are often uh, incredibly judgmental and critical to other people is because they have so much shame themselves. And if they can offload that shame, if they can find a way to get rid of the things that they're personally embarrassed about or or things that they feel you know judged by, then then they also in turn also feel less um, the, the need to judge other people and to unload shame to other people. Um, because a lot of times when you feel shamed, you also feel the need to shame someone else so that you can feel like I'm not the only one doing something, you know, that's, that's not, uh, the right way. And so that's when you see all these people who are out there, like they're on Facebook and they're on Twitter and they're constantly criticizing other people, constantly putting other people's businesses down, constantly saying all this super negative stuff. Um, because another thing we talked about was the importance of not running your business from a place of the ego, Right. So running it from who your true self is, but not running it from a place of I have to be better than someone else or I have to constantly compare myself to someone else. Because uh, also that that comparison game is another rat race that you can get caught up in. And it also prevents you from being your true self because you're always worried about what someone else is going to think. And you're always worried about am I doing am I am I is, does my website look as good as someone else's website? And most of the time, your customers don't actually care as much about those those things as you would. Uh, and the the constant comparison between yourself and your competitors uh, is just not necessary and really a lot of times um, holds your business back. Um, another thing that we talked about that kind of flows into all this was the importance of actually having haters. Um, you know, I think a lot of people, they, uh, they, they want to please everyone. They want to not have anyone criticize them or, you know, write comments on their social media posts that are negative or anything like that. But a lot of times, I mean, having haters shows that people actually are passionate about what you're doing enough to actually go out there and criticize you. If, if no one really cared about what you were doing, then you wouldn't even have anyone making negative comments. Uh, and so having haters in a way is actually a good thing because it, it shows that, um, you're at least getting a message out there and people are seeing it. Uh, and on the other side of that is usually when you have the haters, you're also, um, showing that you're, you know, you're being polarizing and there are, are probably equally a number of people on the other side who really resonate with you, who may not be as vocal about it as the haters, because, you know, typically that's how people are. They, they're usually a lot more vocal about things that they disapprove of than they are about things that they approve of. Uh, it's just kind of human nature. So in a way you can kind of gauge, <laughs> I don't know how, how many, uh, approvers you're getting also by how many haters, uh, that you have in your camp. And again, you know, when I say all this is not to encourage anyone to go out there and intentionally try to create haters or intentionally be, you know, um, mean and nasty or anything like that, but it's just a natural, you know, thing that's going to happen when you're, when you're not trying to be that constant pleaser and you're being more, more true to your, your real beliefs and your real self. Um, and so next up was Jason Tucker from, um, Battleship Stance and Jason and I had a really interesting conversation on episode 78 about intellectual property protections. Um, I think, a lot of people in the internet business space, they don't really consider um, how important it is to protect their intellectual property. And so what is the intellectual property, right? You have a podcast, it's your podcast episodes. You have a blog, it's the blog posts that you write. You have a YouTube channel, it's your YouTube videos. You have courses that you create, it's those courses, it's the material that you put out there to your audience. And you know, that's your intellectual property. Those are things that you put a lot of work into and time into, uh, in ways that you, that you make your income. And if you're not protecting those things properly, uh, then you can have, you know, pirates come along and taking your stuff and making, you know, money off of the things that you've put your, you know, hard work into. Uh, so we talked about ways to, 
protect yourself against against those certain things. And I thought the conversation was really powerful because there were even a lot of things that I didn't consider uh, about like what I need to be thinking about protecting, like for you know my podcast and what what sort of copyrights do I need to have in place uh, to make sure that you know the the stuff that I put a lot of work into is is properly protected. And so I think um, I think that that was 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 super powerful because I also like the fact that Jason, you know, he's kind of an innovator in his space. There aren't a lot of people who are really focusing on this internet marketing space. And I think from a business perspective, I like the fact that he, you know. You know, clearly the intellectual property is a is an important topic out there in the in the broader business world. But I like the fact that he decided to focus on an area of the, the you know specifically in the internet space that isn't as much um, isn't as much focused on uh, from an intellectual property standpoint. And uh, I know his his personal story was that he had a lot of um, uh, digital assets. Uh, that he had online that he had purchased that other people were stealing and he wanted to find a way to protect himself from that. And that's really how he learned his craft. Um, but I thought that uh, just the way that he, he goes about it, the effective strategies he talked about during the podcast, the fact that you don't actually need an attorney. Now, you know, there are certain instances and we, we discussed this too, which which is, you know, important to have an attorney, but there are a lot of things you can actually do on your own. Um, and I really like the fact that like, um, you know, doing your own research and, and kind of being out there and being vigilant about like, you know, I guess taking ownership and, and understanding, you know, you have a right to protect your stuff uh, that you've put a lot of work into and, and uh, not allow other people to, to steal it is uh, is really important. So um, I enjoyed my conversation with Jason um, and uh, and I enjoyed I guess really understanding what are the things that you can protect and what are the ways you can go about identifying pirates and uh, and and doing um, doing things ahead of time to prevent them from essentially taking over your business and running your business into the ground. Uh, so last up was Pejman Gadimi from episode seventy nine, uh, and Pejman is from uh, Secret Entourage. He's also the bestseller of his book Third Circle Theory and his book Radius. Uh, and I was really excited to have Pejman on the show because. You know, he is a, a true entrepreneur, a true business owner, um, someone who's set up multiple companies throughout his his uh, his life, who worked in banking initially, and just you know, as an as an immigrant coming from Iran, he talked about you know how his mother was an entrepreneur and how he always saw her struggle, and initially he kind of thought, why would I ever want to be an entrepreneur? It's so hard, it's so difficult. But then you know, throughout his career in banking, he realized he, he gained a certain, you know, set of skills and understanding about business and entrepreneurship that he really uh, brings to the table now. And, and, you know, one thing that he said that he, we talked about was kind of the difference between entrepreneurship and, and, and business. And, and this is something that I thought was interesting, because uh, I, I just don't hear a lot of people making the distinction between the two. I feel like usually the word entrepreneurship is used, but maybe, you know, too, um, too broadly, too frequently. And basically what Pejmon said was, you know, business is um, basically uh, the art of creating transactions. You have some sort of talent or some sort of product or service, which basically comes from your talent. And you're going to find someone to sell that product or service to in some sort of transaction, right? Uh, and a lot of times in a business model, I mean, these are not new things. These are, these are kind of roads that have already been paved. A uh, hundred times over, people have done these sort of business models over and over again. The example that we used, you know, during the podcast interview was, um, you know, someone running a coffee shop. I mean, okay, you want to open a coffee shop? Well, you know, Pejman was saying that's not really entrepreneurial because, you know, 
a coffee shop has been done a million times. You know the exact steps associated with opening a coffee shop. You can talk to a lot of coffee shop owners and figure out, okay, what did you do? And do the exact same thing. And so what he said entrepreneurship is, is you are coming up with something new, something innovative, some, some idea that's not currently being done. Um, so you're disrupting a current market or, or disrupting a current way of doing things. And with doing that, you have to tie that entrepreneurial idea to business because business is the vehicle that allows you to make money. Entrepreneurship in and of itself, according to Pidgemon, doesn't actually make any money, but it's just the, the, it's the, it's the innovation piece. It's the new idea. It's the thing um, that is different than what everyone else is doing. It's that road that's not paved yet that you're going to be the first person to pave it. Um, and then use the business to make money from. And I thought that was, I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, so a couple of things that we talked about during the interview that I, I really enjoyed uh, was he was talking about like with his, with his secret entourage Academy, uh, he has a group of entrepreneurs in which, you know, he's personally friends with, and he, you know, has done a lot of interviews with, and he shares those interviews with the people who are in his Academy so they can learn from the best, learn from people who are super successful about how to be successful in all these different industries. Uh, and a thing that I thought was super powerful was, uh, he talked about the, the difference between those who were successful and those who weren't successful. And, you know, this is, this is definitely overdone, right? You always hear this stuff of, you know, what makes someone successful versus someone who's not. But I thought what he said about here, what he said here was really interesting. And it, and it was specifically those people who are successful from what he's seen are people who take responsibility and take blame. They blame themselves when things go wrong. So every single thing that goes wrong is their fault right? People who aren't successful, they have an external blame system. They're always looking for someone else to blame. It's always someone didn't do something for them, or they didn't have access to something or their environment or, or some some sort of external factor is responsible for them not being successful. And the reason why that's significant and reason why that's important is because when you have an internal blame system, you're always blaming yourself. Not only do you make yourself the problem, but you also make yourself the source of the solution, right? If I am the problem and I say, okay, I'm going to find a way to make a solution that's going to work. It's going to get me out of the situation. It's going to turn things around for me. Then you give yourself the power to do that. And then you can be successful because you're not, you're not kind of at the whim of someone else. When you have an external blame system, you're always blaming someone else or a circumstance or an environment. You don't have control over that. You can't control what someone else does or necessarily what your environment does or a circumstance that comes up, comes your way. And so you're at the mercy of the world. You know, you, you can't do anything about your circumstances. You're and so then that way you just have to sit down, sit back and wait for something to happen as opposed to being able to be proactive and go out there and change things. And so that's what I thought was really, really interesting. And of course, you know, yes, there are always circumstances where, you know, things aren't equal, things aren't fair, you know, different people get certain advantages over others. But I think the point was, if you're focusing on that, if you're focusing on like what you don't have or what circumstances are there, it prevents you from looking for the solutions. It, it prevents you from going out there and saying, I'm going to take responsibility for this and I'm going to only focus on what I can do. How can I make this better instead of, oh, I have to wait around for someone else to do something or some circumstance change or, or something like that. Um, so the other thing that I thought was was pretty interesting um, was that you know Pedgemon was mainly um, motivated and driven by the fact that he grew up he grew up poor and he said that the one thing that main thing that made it motivated him to want to make money is just he just didn't want to be poor anymore he wasn't like I really want to be an entrepreneur or I really want to be a business owner or anything like that he just knew he didn't want to be poor and he was just trying to figure out different ways to accomplish that goal. Uh, and he said when he first set up his business uh, he failed miserably and I think that 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 was really powerful too because. 
I find that not a lot of people are willing to admit that. They're not willing to admit how much they fail in the beginning. And it's so important to admit it because one, I think people who are coming up when they hear these success stories and they, they had the idea in their mind that, oh, everyone who's successful just like knocked it out of the park with their first attempt and, you know, did everything perfectly the, the right way and didn't mess up and didn't fail and didn't struggle. Then it gives people the idea that, okay, well, if I'm struggling, if I'm failing, if I'm not doing really successful in uh, the first year or two, then I must not be cut out for business or entrepreneurship or anything like that. And, and usually what you find when you dig into success stories of people is most people who are successful have failed multiple times again and again and again. And the thing that makes them different is they just didn't give up. They were persistent. They just kept going despite all those failures. Um, and then what you see at the end is this, you know, super success story of this really smart, you know, hardworking, innovative person, but, you know, not realizing that, you know, they were in the same place where you might be right now, potentially, where they failed and, you know, everyone, you know, and their family told them to quit or that they were an idiot or whatever else that they, they, they're never, they were never going to be successful, but they didn't listen to that and they persevered. And now, um, you know, they're, they're, they're someone that's constantly listened to by, uh, lots of people all around the world. Um, and you know, the other thing about what our conversation was that I thought was interesting is Pejman said that, you know, a lot of times the reason why people fail is they're, they're too focused on being the expert at everything, right? They think I have to know every single thing about every aspect of my business and not realizing that, you know, yes, your business is all about creating transactions from talents, but it doesn't necessarily have to be your talents, right? You can hire other people to fill in those gaps where you might not be the expert. And it makes the most sense to do that so that you can deliver the best expertise to the customer in a way that still makes money and makes sense uh, for that transaction to happen. Um, and the other thing that we talked about is um, his book, Third Circle Theory. So I kind of wanted to go through a, a little bit of um, what was included in that book. We didn't really go too in-depth in it, but I thought it was interesting enough to really talk about it. He said, you know, the, the book kind of focused on mastery of three three areas in life that are important. So Third Circle Theory was, I guess, a business book more about like getting your mindset together, having the right mindset that you need to be successful in business. And his book, Radius, was more about the formula that you need to actually execute on that, right? How do you take an idea and actually create a real business out of that idea? Uh, and so with third circle theory, basically what he said was, um, you know, you have a business and the business is the, the extension of your talents and basically how you get the mindset to, to make that extension of your talents work and, and br be able to really bring it to people is one, you have to have the mastery of circumstances. You have to have the mastery of society and the mastery of life. And, and, and what the book basically does is teaches you how to shift your perspective so that you're able to. Uh, one, commit to your talents. And he said, really, you need to be willing to commit to doing something for 10 years, even if there was no money involved, right? That's how committed you need to be. Now, and he even clarified, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to do something for 10 years without getting any money. But he just said, that's how committed you need to be to your business, that you're not just going to give up at the first sight of like things getting hard or things not working out the way you want them to. Uh, it's that level of commitment that you have to mastering these, these areas um, that really is going to make your business successful. Uh, and I, and I thought that, I don't know, the, the conversation was just super powerful to, to me because I just love the idea that, okay, I know that I am the solution to all the problems. So I don't have to wait for anyone else to give me something. I don't have to, yes, if someone else d does give me something, that will be great, but I, I don't have to sit back and wait for it. And if I do, I'm probably more likely to not get what I want. Like I need to make myself that solution and I need to be, um, I need to persevere enough so that I can get through any hard time that may come my way. Um, and I really liked uh, his perspective 
on that because I think that that's uh, something that a lot of people, you know, they, they miss they they don't really think about as much and and also the perspective of of failure that you're going to fail in the beginning and you should just expect that and don't expect to just knock it out of the park in the first year or two or whatever else and and be aware that that's going to happen so when it does you don't immediately think i need to quit i need to give up this is not for me um so those are my takeaways from my interviews this month um i uh i really thank you for for joining me Uh, i really love to have have these conversations and do the interviews and and do my takeaways. Uh, So in the meantime, you can check out the show notes for this episode, as well as listen to other episodes of the Internet Ballers podcast at www.internetballers.com. Again, I'm Michael Pasha and happy marketing. Thanks for listening to the Internet Ballers podcast. Through our guest stories, you will learn the path to go from struggling entrepreneur to internet baller. We'll see you on the next episode.